You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. One of the biggest moments in, in my career was like 2008, and I was fitting, well, I'll leave his name out. I was fitting a very famous country music star in Nashville. Uh, with hearing, and he was a little bit older, country music star, and, and, and um, I think I probably saw him five, six times, like across the the fitting thing. He's coming down from his farm in Kentucky, and he, he never showed up sober. Like, didn't matter what time the appointment was, man. It was like, in in and truly, it was like a, a career defining moment because it was like the first time, and, and finally at the end, like we kind of got the point. He had a killer hearing loss after a long career in, in the industry. It and was Bradley Cooper off of uh, oh. his movie. Oh. Off of the movie, no. <laughs> <laughs> And finally he got there, and so we get to the point, and he's like, he's like, man, it's good. I'm like, all right, well, I'm looking for a little, let's go a little bit more than good, right? And he's like, no, you did a good job. And I'm like, I, I'm not looking for a gold star here, John. Like, this is like... And uh, he's like, well, I go, what, what can we do to make it better? He's like, he's like, well, just can you warm it up a little bit? I'm like, okay, like, what, what do you mean warm it up? And he's like, well, it just needs a little more wood. Can you give us more wood? And I'm like, not following you, dude. Like, that's not in, that's not yeah. part of your your stuff right there. Wood and 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 so literally, we're going back and forth like this, sitting in front of the computer. And he's like, well, like mids. Can you give us some mids? Like yeah. that, that, you know. I know exactly what he says when he says warmth and, and wood yeah. in, in, in the audio. I, I kind of feel it. or you know. And I've learned a bunch of that stuff now. After, But I'd only been in, in town probably two years like, mm-hmm. trying to grow this musician program there, which is actually a big part of what we could actually talk a little bit about with Tetra. But, um, <clears throat> and he goes, it needs some mids. And so like in, in speech, we go from like, 250 cycles to maybe 6,000 cycles, right? So mid frequency is kind of like 2,000, 2,500, 3,000, right? So I go to like the, and he's looking at the at the whole computer program and stuff with me, and I grab the band at, at 2,500. He's like, he's like, no, no, mids. And I'm like, yeah, this, these are the mids. He's like, 2,500? He's like, no, nah, you, need, you need like 5,000, 6,000. He's like, that's the mids. I'm like, dude, we're we're done at that point. Like, there's no speech sounds that far out. Like, we don't. And he's like, he's like, can I do that? And we had literally, I just had given a, a final exam. I had a whole stack of freaking tests in front of me. I'm like, dude, here's the mouse. You do it. He sat, like, wobbling back and forth on my <laughs> stool. Like, and all he said was, check, check, one, two, check, 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 one, 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 two, check, one. He sat there for a freaking hour, and I just sat there grading freaking tests. And he pushed, he finally pushed away, and he goes, "That's badass." <laughs> and I looked at it, and it looked like a chromosome. It was like almost the exact counter opposite of what we would have prescriptively done. And I looked at it, and I go, y- "You can't like that." I go, "That sounds good." He goes, "That's badass. That's what I've been looking for." And it was a hundred percent, almost exact polar opposite of what all the science. And and honest to God, I'm telling you, I've never forgot that moment where like, how dare us 
determine how you're going to hear. <laughs> Dang. Right? I yeah. mean, it was, I've never forgot that moment. I wish it was sober, probably a little better science behind it, but like the idea of listening to what the customer wants and listening to what, the, in this case, patient and what the patient needs. And, right. Um, but it was literally 45 minutes to an hour of check, check, one, two, test, one, Jeez. two, check, one. That's cool. <laughs> anyway. Oh, they'll spend some time on that, getting ready for concerts or something. They'll sit there forever doing sound checks. But so that's a big part of like the musician program and the musician products that have been out for 25 years was a, is a fundamental part of, of what we're doing. That's how you have a, a waterfall program that's completely different than an upland program. It's completely different than a turkey program and stuff like that. Yeah. So we can talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's cool. We'll get into that. I, yeah. I, we won't tell that whole story. But. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, everybody does have a different... Uh, you know, level that they're at. Uh, but when you step back and think about it, like just because I wonder if a hundred studies is say, uh, was this musician like other musicians? Were they? Is that kind of what there was? Was the exact opposite? Uh, yeah, not, Did it not kind of really saw that, path? but like once you kind of let them, and that was kind of how I started to practice. Is like okay, like we're going to start here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to involve you into you know some of the programming, and like gotcha. when you open it up to, and in that town, like the hardest ones in 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 Nashville are the are the sound engineers, which mm-hmm. is kind of where you went on, yeah, like. like it, like they could come in with like a non-disclosure agreement that you're not, I'm not allowed to talk to anyone about the findings of their hearing, right? Yeah. Because like, if, gotcha. you're getting, if you're making a million dollars mixing for, you know, fill in the blank, right? For Taylor Swift, and yeah, and, and they realize <laughs> no that you, doubt that you got a whole bunch of hearing loss, then you probably lose your expertise as a sound engineer. Yeah. Although you know what it sounds like, so anyway. yeah, yeah. Well, who have we got here yeah, today? For everybody listening, uh, we've got Bill Dickinson from Tetra Hearing. Um, so he's uh, so is it you and David are the uh, founding gentlemen? Yeah, David I guess, co-founders. Um, co-founders for, for Tetra Hearing. Yeah. And, um, it literally started uh, over here in Missouri in the boot heel uh, in, a, in a duck pit with blue skies and <laughs> and a bunch of pintails flying that wouldn't even think about le- le- yeah. landing and working. Ooh, so. yeah, sure. Of course, Chandler on the end, Josh from Outdoor Limits, as always, to my right. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Yep. You know a little about Tetra, so. Yep, we, sure do. You got some first-hand experience at the table. Yeah. Um, what, so what year was uh, what year was the idea? Uh, literally, it was uh, it was a January hunt. Uh, well, the idea has been baking uh, in in my head. I've been carrying around this since um, 2006, 2007, when digital hearing aids. We went from a, an analog hearing aid back in the clinic days uh, to a digital hearing aid, and um, we started moving from behind the ear hearing aids to mm-hmm. in the ear hearing aids. Yeah. Um, in 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 kind of the the mid 90s. And to be able to, I started playing with different devices in the ear and fine-tuning them uh, kind of all through my career. Went over on the uh, left, I was on faculty, which is where I met David, uh, over at Vanderbilt. And we became hunting and fishing buds. And um, 
I, he left to start a private practice. I left to go over the manufacturing side and then uh, for hearing aids and got to kind of travel the globe and meet all kinds of people doing super cool stuff with sound and, and circuitry and just started like always looking for to build a better mousetrap, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, how do you, how do it, and it was all really centered around blowing a duck call. Uh, and be able to hear your to hear your buddies and hear what's going on. When my son started hunting with me, um, you know this ability to to teach him how to to become a good duck hunter and having a set of earmuffs on where he couldn't hear anything. I mean, the worst thing that we could do really is like take a, a young kid. Actually, the worst thing you could do is give them no protection in a duck line. <laughs> the right, worst yeah. thing is you give them hearing protection when they can't hear you. And uh, and it's all about you know those the, it's all about the moments outside of the trigger pulls that yeah. really kind of build the duck hunter right yeah and, that's, um, yeah you're trying to teach them out there and they can't hear anything you're telling them yeah, yeah. and so if you don't have anything in their ears you, what are you teaching them that that yeah. duck hunters don't put anything in their ears that they sure. don't protect their brains and um, that's getting a, a little ahead of ourselves that probably but uh, that's literally where it all started so I. Um, I, uh, I had a pocket full of different devices that I was tweaking and messing with, and, and I'm, I'm not kidding you, it was David and I in a pit uh, on a January weekend, um, and pintails were all over the place, but wouldn't even think of working, and he was blowing his lungs out, and uh, and I was trying these different devices, and, and he had a set of kind of the standard, traditional, in-the-ear devices that we've been you know selling in clinic to duck hunters for uh, for. 20 years and I'm trying the new ones and I'm like dude I think you are just you're way too loud and yeah we're in a metal pit and um, he's like no it sounds good right (laughs) I'm like well of course you think you sound good I'm telling you when I'm listening to this other stuff like it sounds really loud and uh, and he's like well let me let me try that and he put him in his ears and started blowing the call he's like god that sounds good and literally, that was uh, I'd just been messing around with some some different strategies on on you know when you when you measure what the you know the sound of a hen mallard comeback call or a feeding chuckle or like those are the same. It's it's like a fingerprint. It's the same sound, same frequencies over and over and over again. And once you pattern that, you can then build and design an amplifier to to amplify these frequencies more more than other frequencies. That's that's pretty cool. That's wild. We got like just super dorky with it, yeah. uh, but can that's you, like, really it all started. Can you take out like natural reverb? Is that such a thing, or is that? I'm, I'm probably I don't know what I'm talking about necessarily, but like, uh, well, I'm thinking like crisped up the echoes and stuff. So there's certain frequencies. So so that's more on like timing when you're looking timing. at reverberation. Yeah. Um, but on that's uh, that's a that's a very good question. I've never been asked anything like that, but. Um, that's a little bit of why we went with such a high-end circuit. I mean, the whole the whole the whole purpose of Tetra was to create a great listening experience. So that, I mean, for twenty or thirty years, there's plenty of devices on the market that would protect the ear, right? Mm-hmm. Foam yeah. plugs, earmuffs, fingers in the ear. Like you can, yeah. uh, like you can protect the ear fairly simplistically to protect the ear and create a good listening situation has been a chicken and egg problem for a long time and it's been a it's been that to be able to hear and monitor what's going on around you hear the things that you don't want to hear and and so you know we 
again, when when hearing aids became digitized back in the, the 80s and 90s, and actually Bob Walker was an audiologist, and he really kind of started this whole thing about bringing sound enhancement, uh, making things louder in the products that also protected the ear. And the problem is, is that the kind of the lower end circuits and the, what we had at that time mm-hmm. also created a lot of distortion. So you would get a lot of reverberation, yeah. you get a lot of sound distortion, sound saturation. And, yeah. and so hunters in general, but particularly waterfall hunters, wouldn't wear anything because it created a, a crummy listening experience. Um, and you know, the more that you get into it, we all know that the, the top three reasons that you won't plug up your ear in a, is you can't blow your call because your your call doesn't sound good. Yeah, you can't talk to your buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't you can't hear what's going on around you. I mean, the cool parts is Josh listening to you know the dog whine and, and hearing <laughs> yeah. the. I mean, those are all moments of it, right? It's hearing your, it's having conversations with your kids and, and teaching a new hunter and hearing the wings ripping around, you know, yeah. behind and hearing the first honk as they break the tree line. Oh, yeah. And like, those are all, that's what gets us jazzed, yeah. right? It's a sound experience. Uh, yeah. So. When they first came out with those, was it hearing protect? It was this in ear mechanical, but they had like, they were open, but they had a certain decibel they'd cut off. Uh, and it's it wasn't electronic; it was like a mechanical device, but yep. it wasn't probably that great of a system. But when those first came out, I was excited because you could actually hear. And then whenever fi- a shot fires off, it's supposed to protect your ear. I don't know if it did or not, but that's a super keyword supposed to it's supposed to. That's what <laughs> I don't know if it ever did, but that's what the package said. But uh, anyways, there's been there's been lots of attempts, um, and really it's 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 the waterfall hunter. It's we have we have the longest season. We chase them kind of chase the migration, especially these days. There's a whole lot of guys that are hunting more mobile than just hunting, you know, the wood duck pond and the and in the back of grandpa's property type thing. Um, and so it's the most shots fired. It's the largest bag bag limits. Um, and so the, the ears of the waterfall hunter absolutely gets the most abuse. Yeah. Um, and it's typically the hunter that will refuse to wear any protection. And it really centers around the call. So. Yeah. Because trap shooters will, will wear protection. Right. Well, part of it is you don't get to go up on that line without eyes and ears. Yeah. Right. Eyes and and so you have somebody that's forcing or you go to any public range and you're forced to wear it. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. You think about you think about what's going on right now, where like that that six year old is in the backyard all summer, uh, shooting the twenty two with with Papa, right? And mm-hmm. and every time they go back to the picnic table and they do their plinking, and someone's putting you know something in little Johnny's ears or putting earmuffs on, and it's all about that I get to go squirrel hunting with Grandpa this year, right? And then all of a sudden that magical Saturday opens up and you're out in the woods and there's no hearing, there's no more hearing protection, yeah. right? Yeah. And think what a confusing message that is to, uh, to, a, to a child, right? Like, okay, so this time I, when I hunt, I don't wear it, but when I pull triggers in the backyard or mm-hmm. go shoot sporting clays or, you know, when I target practice, yeah. uh, I wear it. And it just, like, you can't make that make sense, right? Yeah. Um, well, for sure. <laughs> How long have you been wearing them now, Josh? Uh, Bill, when did you guys launch the product? 19. Yeah. 19. Josh so was, 2019. Yeah. Dang. The, um, yeah, that might have been the first time I <clears throat> heard about you guys. I was at NWTF and was with Brooke um, Richard from Higdon. Yeah. Brooke Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think he, he like was getting his 
stuff fitted is everything fitted at the show or something <laughs> like that exactly but yeah. that's and he was telling me all about it so that's the first time i got heard about you guys that so was pre-covid um, nwtf it really was man those are some early days they seem it seems like forever ago in two minutes at the same time yeah. Uh, yeah. but josh was absolutely one of our uh one of my very first con- conversations with um uh, with you know at, at at that time someone that could that could influence and and truly I, I use that word I know it's a it's a big buzzword in marketing and sales these days but um, truly what we what we look for is uh, you know the old guy what we don't need are more old guys you know shaking their their finger at man I you can't do that to your ear you're gonna end up in a mess at the end you know mm-hmm. I wish I would have taken care of my ears better than. And like, no pun intended, I just walked down the hall and had a super cool conversation with Steve Rogers, and that's how it ended. He's like, well, man, I sure wish I would have known you 40 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody was talking about yeah. this. And, um, yeah, I've my done, dad says the same thing. Yeah. yeah. If I had a nickel for every time I've heard, man, I wish I would have met you, I yeah, wish you, sure. before I did all this dumb stuff to my ears. And mm-hmm. um, and so when we, when, we, when we use the word influencer, uh, it's... It's it's young guys like Josh that do awesome work that gets the attention earns the right to have the attention of young duck hunters. Um, matter of fact, I got to Josh through at that time. I mean, my son started watching him when I think when he was you know eleven or twelve years old, and watching the work that you were doing. It's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, and he turns twenty next next week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when was it last year that we got to do a hunt together? I think it was two years two ago. years ago already. Yeah, jeez, yeah. wow. I don't know how that goes. But, um, you know, this idea of, uh, and again, the, the message is, uh, and, and it's, it's really going after that kind of the younger before any damage happens, uh, of like, you, you can't do this for a lifetime and expect things to end up okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, that story doesn't end well. Uh, it's, it's the conversation I just had with Steve Rogers and, uh, yeah. you know, a million times, like it, if I would have known how badly it affects my life, hearing loss right now, uh, and I'm not sharing health secrets with, this is right from Steve, right? Like, yeah. If I would have known the impact of hearing right now at my at, at this point in my life, I, I would have sure. done smarter things along yeah. the way. And so the idea of like changing the standard and changing the conversation and setting a new standard that uh, you need to do something uh, to, pr- to protect the hearing. We know from a health standpoint, when we look at uh, later in life, things like Alzheimer's and dementia uh, and cognitive processing, memory loss, all that stuff, um, the number one predictor, a lot of that stuff is genetics. So we're just kind of screwed. It's what mom and dad gave us. Mm-hmm. Like if you end up at 65 with, with, uh, with Alzheimer's or dementia and that kind of, that kind of health problems, um, about two-thirds of it is genetics. And then yeah. if we live long enough, it's going to show up and that's kind of right before we had stupid words like pandemics uh you know um the the global healthcare epidemic of probably the last you know 20 to 30 years is when they started looking at um, the increase in alzheimer's and dementia from kind of across the globe and it's because we're living longer right there's Mm -hmm. things uh, there's a whole bunch of people that are beating diseases and health problems that we're putting, you know, my grandparents uh, and, and my parents in the grave, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, beating cancer, beating heart attacks, living longer and more successful with diabetes and 
and kind of chronic health care. And so there's more 80-year-olds walking the planet these days than we've ever had sure. in the history of mankind. And, um, and so the, it, what do we do to ourselves along the way matters. Uh, and, and so a two-thirds of it uh, of Alzheimer's dementia is, is attributed to genetics. A third of it is attributed to uh, environmental factors. It's what we do to ourselves along the way. And there's nine risk factors that, that they've broken that up into. The number one risk factor, and by far the largest risk factor of predicting if you're going to have Alzheimer's and dementia at 65, is your hearing status between 35 and 55. Jeez. So it's your midlife. What you do to your ears early in life and midlife determines what ends up on the right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once they had that new, do you see that documentary, the Blue Zones or whatever yeah. that came out? Yeah. People living, you know, into their hundreds in these pockets around the world, and they were trying to figure out, you know, so I think like each zone, it kind of had a corresponding relevance to, you know. Huh. The way they walked up What's and down the—it's on Netflix, but they're called blue zones, and hmm. there's these pockets around the world where people are. The percentage of people living to a hundred or more, I believe. I didn't watch all of it. Yep. Is higher though than hmm. everywhere else. That's cool. It's kind That's of interesting. Wild. And it's the pockets are the perfect word. It's like really small groups they of communities. Are. And, and yeah, is the hearing. Um, and he kind of touched on this. So for everybody listening, like your background getting into this, so you and David, but you both were, you're hearing doctors, basically. Yep. Both audiologists. Like, yeah. Yep. And um, um, I think, what was it? I looked at, was it Central Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. Go Chips. I got my, uh -huh. I got, uh, I'm a, I'm a Spartan Spartan boy uh, yeah. and then got my doctorate. At but not Central. just a. And so just kind of setting that foundation. So, I mean, that's your guys' background. You were doctors. That's, you know, that's your thing. So, and then you developed this based off of your knowledge of the hearing and science. So, but one of my questions was, um, I don't even know if it's even, I'm sure you guys have obviously hearing studied all the time, but if everything was perfect, you know, like nothing happened to you, but hearing loss as you get older like is it just i mean it's kind of a formality it's just going to happen but so, or i know factors play into it like shooting and all that stuff or loud music or um you know maybe the wife yelling at you all the time i don't know <laughs> but um is like if you were the optimal level like how long can you go with great hearing yeah uh man that's an awesome or question does it just so like trend? yeah if you, were, so, if you like, really took care of me, your ears or like your hearing yeah could you, like, would you have great hearing you know until so you're 90 just, it doesn't go down I, I, I will tell you what your the, the human auditory system is not designed to just naturally degrade right it's not like muscle structure or really like bone yeah. density and Stuff like that. It is. It is what we do to it along the way. Mm -hmm. That's why you always see it more predominantly in industrial industrial countries, industrialized countries, mm. right? Uh, more noise, more nutrition, more just. It's more exposed to damaging effects 
um, things like smoking, thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Back when I was in uh, graduate school, back in the late 80s, uh, at that time they were doing studies in like the Amazon and the Himalayan mountains. And then we go to these before there was blue zones. And um, mm -hmm. it was awesome that you brought that up. And they would find, again, people in their you know upper 90s, over 100, with perfectly normal hearing. Right. And so that the but they've never been exposed to music. Everything was like a man made instrument. Yeah, no, they didn't no take they didn't yeah. take pharmaceuticals, right? Oh yeah. Both recreational or uh Right uh, or over the counter. Or the right. counter. Yeah. Um, you took herbs and you ate roots and berries for your medicines mm -hmm. and like that kind of stuff. And um and so in, in the blue zones is very heavily skewed. Uh, my my oldest daughter's a nurse. And um, she got to do an overseas study in Sardinia, which is one of the blue blue zones. And she went there just to study, uh, you know, the the blue zone mm -hmm. population. And the hearing was incredible. Like they, it's one of the things that they tested. Really? They were seeing all kinds of 80, 90 year olds with hearing that's probably better than a lot of the guys yeah. sitting at this table, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so it's truly, pretty comfortable so. to say. Hearing loss is due to factors we do to ourselves, though. Uh -huh. It's not just part of getting yeah. old. Yeah. And the big thing with that is it's it's noise, uh, and actually we should. I'm kind of a big. It's it shouldn't be just noise because noise is is my is 100 my opinion. Noise is something that we have like a negative connotation towards, right? Like you don't want to hear noise, but. It, but what causes hearing, it's not noise that causes hearing loss because it, it's sound that causes hearing loss. Because a lot of times, I mean, you have three guns, you have seven guns go off in a blind. That's a lot of noise, but there's no negative connotation in our brains to that. We like that. That's uh, mm -hmm. right. That's not. Whereas like the same amount of industrial noise or factory noise, we wouldn't want to listen to because it's not something It's not pleasing to us. It's not fun. It's not engaging. Right. right? And so I think. I think if we part of this whole idea of like changing the conversation and changing the standard is like let's not call it noise induced hearing loss because nobody wants noise nobody wants traffic noise nobody wants to live next to the airport and hear airplane noise all day right mm -hmm. but it's so cool to hear a concert yeah front row and that <laughs> speakers are just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and your hair's blowing back yeah. too, right I mean, Jeez. Yeah. But you don't. Um, that's you not a negative talk at that spot. But it, but it does not look that as negative. No. And so I think those you, are kind of the it, things it, that we need to start yeah. like looking at small changes like that. Like so, it's it's sound induced hearing loss, and and honestly, it's uh, it's it's a trade off between uh, how long and how loud. It's it's duration versus intensity, mm. right? And so, standing on a factory line uh, for eight hours a day, you, your ear can take a certain amount of noise stimulation, sound stimulation, before it needs to be protected, uh, or standing in a duck line. <laughs> and in that mm -hmm. duck line, it's, it's more the call. I mean, the call, I mean, the, the, the firearm is very damaging, but it's the loud calling because you're continuously hmm. in 2000. It's the decibel in which Yep, it's and, going out. Yep. Do you so, know offhand decibel levels of like Canada Goose call? Like what? You're what in, you're, you're calling? In, you're in the one twenties. The or, specs specs probably a little bit louder than the Canada Goose call. Depends on short barrel, long barrel, flute, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, what's um, the what's the decibel level to cause hearing damage? 
Awesome question. Um, basically, your ear can be uh, your ear can be exposed to up to eighty five decibels for eight hours a day, and then after eighty five decibels, that you have to um, you basically cut for a very close rule of thumb is you cut your exposure time in half for every five decibels of of uh, that you increase. So when so. Since it's Red Friday, when Arrowhead hit 142.2 decibels, <laughs> that's probably not a great sound to be traveling through your yeah. canal. It, it's uh, for for that length of time. You're right. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is like that's kind of the cutoff, and there's been a ton of confusion. That's why Josh, it's a great question to talk about. Like everyone, you know, a lot of hearing protection stuff on the market says that it it's, it clips off all sound above 85 dB. Well, you don't need to do that because you're not listening to what's going on in a duck blind at that level for eight hours, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a part of why when we, when we set out to build a better hearing experience before the protection is needed, uh, part of all of our kind of uh, our algorithms and our, our patents are built around um, how long, it's a timing, right? How long are you listening to how loud of the sound for a certain period of time? You need to get an impulse noise, this is per OSHA, below 140 decibels to be safe. And an impulse noise is considered three, or three seconds or less, okay? A gunshot is about three milliseconds. And so we don't need to get that gun blast from 158 down to 85. We just need to get it below 40 dB. And the ability to create an awesome listening experience and not get saturation, not get distortion, not get reverb, mm -hmm. and all the bad stuff that goes on in, a, in kind of a low-end amplifier, um, the idea of being able to just shut it down to you know, a safe level or to take that, that duck call that you're hammering you know, on, a, on a cut down and it's 124 decibels, but you're blowing it on a four-hour hunt, you're probably blowing it, you know, 75, 80 minutes. And so all we got to do is take it from peaking at 125 decibels and get it to where it's safe at 112 or 110 or 115. We don't need to, and that's how we end up with a good listening experience so that a young guy like Josh will now only hunt with something in his ear. Mm -hmm. Hopefully yeah. that's... Well, you know, saying that. Let's a, let's put earlier. a note on that. So I've been using your product since 2019. I've actually tried the 60s and 90s, and now I'm in the customs. So I've had to try all the product line. And after the first season, I noticed that I, I could not hunt without hearing protection or shoot guns without hearing protection. It makes that big of a difference to my listening experience now to where if I have somebody in the duck blind, I'm not wearing hearing protection, they shoot a gun, it actually hurts my ears. Like I, I can actually feel pain in my ears from that gunshot. Where normally, if you're not wearing hearing protection, it, it's just there. It's something right. you're used to. But now that I've blocked yeah. it out for so many years, I've actually noticed that it it hurts. It hurts, and it's like, okay, I got I gotta grab my hearing protection yeah. again. Yeah. It, it's, and part of it's just it's what you get accustomed to and what you get trained to, mm -hmm. right? And that's why I, I think it's so important that this message that we've got to start handing it down generationally. Like mm -hmm. I, I, one of the kind of marketing campaigns I've kicked around for a long time in my head is like, you know, 
take everything but his ears and it's this you know whole story about what you get from granddad right and it's it's it, you get his you get his blue eyes you get his personality you get his smile you get his you know love for fishing and hunting and available to blow a duck call and a call and a turkey and like all the stuff that you know we have um, you know, super super stereotypic but what kind of a young boy falls in love with his grandfather whoever that mentor is typically someone had to teach you to you know bring you into the hunting world right uh-huh. and um and you know this idea of like everything but his ears right mm-hmm. and like the one thing that your generation needs to to change uh is that you know you can't abuse your ears for 30 40 50 60 years and end up okay in your 60s 70s and 80s yeah. right and we've got to start that and, and honestly the the vision of the company is if we can get people when they're having fun doing something that is obviously not good for their hearing like pulling triggers and get them to 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 not accept that to kind of get them where josh is right now that this just doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. i know i'm doing something wrong right like uh and if we can kind of change that mindset when you're having a ball pulling triggers then when you first time you pick up a chainsaw the first time you're you know riding a loud side by side or using a grinder or on the tractor planting food plot like we can carry it forward into the rest of our life um, mm-hmm. because cool. i know that this story doesn't end well <laughs> yeah. if yeah. i don't do yeah. it yeah so, so josh brought up 60s 90s and customs that we've been talking about all this could you go over which what tetra offers i mean i think the listener kind of understands what we're yeah what product, you guys product are line and then also like your the programming that goes into it that makes it what it is yeah because okay. me and pat did yeah. this test and you can get to that whenever you feel like it. yeah fits. pretty cool online right yeah. like it, it's mm-hmm. i think it's probably one of the things that we we don't uh we probably don't talk about it enough but um or play it up and up but that's it's a it's truly a very scientific, fully calibrated uh, hearing test online that you yeah. can go, and that's kind of where everything starts. The sixty, the sixty ninety is is different levels of technology, and we make it so that. Um, and again, that's why we, we started Josh off with that. And he he hadn't caused a lot of damage to his ears yet, and his hearing is normal. And the idea is that the the sixty level technology. Um, is what we call a closed platform we can't get in and adjust it for hearing loss mm-hmm. and so uh, hopefully younger ears uh, not a lot of hearing loss that's kind of where you start um, the 90 level uh, does two things it's a, what we call an open platform so we can program it for any amount of hearing loss that you have uh, you can get a 90 level uh, in what we call the alpha shield or the universal fit mm-hmm. um, which we have some some demos to to show you guys later um, that's where josh started and right now we've got um, we've got almost sixteen thousand uh, Alpha Shields out there, and we're still at over a ninety-six percent fit rate. And so the idea is that it fits uh, very much like a big seashell, like a big C, and it fits very well. It, five years ago, if you would have bet me a thousand dollars that you could fit ninety-six out of a hundred ears with the same product, I would have absolutely said no way. Right. Every ear is too unique, and we've kind of blown that myth out of the water Um, wow yeah and something about the fit too on the alpha shield is that like people ask like has that ever fallen out or no it it, you put it in and it stays in if it fits in correctly it won't fall out right it's kind of what we look at and then 
but a, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of the big new is, uh, so we start with the hearing test, and then the other part is we start, uh, we ask, a, you know, a few questions on, man, what do you do that's that's noisy, both hunting and outside of that? We're getting more and more programs for, like, land management and industrial and um, we just had a, a, a custom cabinetry maker uh, in Tennessee bought six sets for his um, his employees, and we oh, custom yeah. made them for, uh, it, part of it was a, a gift to the employees, and so they got two work programs and two hunting programs. They all hunt. Really? And so we could go through, and um, the idea of, like, you know, put something in there while they're in, in one shop, all making, I mean, something noisy. Someone's running a bandsaw, someone's pounding, someone's hammering, someone like, and to be able to put a device in and to be able to communicate. Same mm-hmm. talk track that we talk about in the blind, right? Uh, so that when his employees show up, they can put these in, um, and he shows that he, you know, really cares about the the longevity and the livelihood of, of his employees. But we made... Um, pursuit-based hearing systems. And um, probably the best explanation that I've kind of come on, what's that, is the, the idea of the, the waterfall hunter has very different and very unique hearing needs and protective needs compared to the turkey hunter, compared to the deer hunter, elk hunter, upland hunter. And so what we have done is we've spent an enormous amount of time recording the sounds that you both need to hear, want to hear, or that you need to make as those different hunting uh, pursuits and the sounds that you don't need to hear and certainly the ones that we need to block out like the gunshot and so um, best example is is every sport has a ball right mm-hmm. and that ball is is designed to optimize the performance of that sport you can shoot baskets with a soccer ball or a volleyball, but that basketball is always going to work better than that. Sure. Right? You can put various different balls on a golf tee and hit it with a driver, yeah. but that, that golf <laughs> ball is always going to outperform, right? You yeah. kind of get where I'm going with all of that. Sure. Right? Um, and so we did the same thing for the ears. We said, and, and geez, this incredible warehouse behind me and what you guys do like hunting is about as gear driven of a of a sport as you can get yeah. right like you don't you're not josh doesn't duck hunt in his trout fishing waders in the middle of january right no, like no. all no, our gear he, he made me look a little cute doing that right <laughs> yeah in the, in the kayak <laughs> be frozen. Yeah. Be cold. <laughs> come out like a popsicle <laughs> but all of our gear for hunting uh is 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 designed to optimize the performance and the comfort and the experience and Mm -hmm. um, we're just treating the ear the same way because a generic one-size-fits-all just doesn't work the hunter in the hunting community just has poor acceptance of that so so what did you do when developing the program for the waterfowl line one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest couple days of of my life because we got to sit down with Harold Knight uh, in David's clinic. So um, Harold and David uh, got to become good friends fishing bass tournaments up on Kentucky Lake. Mm-hmm. And um, and at, at one of them, matter of fact, it was, the, it was in, in 2017 uh, at the Triton Owners Bass Tournament on Kentucky Lake, and, and Harold came up to David and did the um, – basically gave him that turkey's goblin – and I can't hear them no more. <laughs> it's literally, and so we really kind of designed when we when we when we started the company. Uh, it was really about 
about a product for the turkey hunter and a product for the waterfall hunter and um, kind of all through 2018 but we sat with Harold Knight and he brought literally brought a box of duck calls and goose calls some of them were just his work stuff he's made across the years uh, some of it was commercially available and we put a microphone down in his ear canal down on his eardrum and uh, and we made over a thousand recordings of Harold Knight blowing a, a duck or a goose call and then you you take those 1014 recordings and you run it through all kinds of spectral analysis and you come up and you say you know with 98 percent reproducibility take those thousand recordings and blend it out and produce one one spectral output of that take all of them add them together and where are where's all the commonalities that are mm -hmm. The enhanced part of, of that song, whether it was a Canada Goose Call or a Speck or a, a Mallard or Pintail, a Whistle, doesn't matter. What are the most important qualifications that all of those thousand recordings have in, in common? And that's literally how we got our first patent, was reproducing, uh, reproducing that. So that, so that our formula, our algorithm uh, for the waterfall hunter is... Um, there's there's a handful of critical bands that we enhance to allow that call to come through naturally because that's exactly if you have nothing in your ear this is what it sounds like at the eardrum of of Harold Knight and that's how we got to know the Higdon guys and mm -hmm. that's when I first got to meet uh, Brooke Richard and and Kyle Jones and Boone Barton and and Bo Brooks and all those guys is we went up and spent uh, we went up once a week for a month and sat with them while they just we had them hooked up to the uh, to the, our programming software and you know Brooke just sat there and wailed on a spec call uh, Kyle Jones wailed on a, a goose call yeah. right and we just kept changing it and they're like no 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 it's flat it's too much you know, or that's too high it sounds just you know too tinny and until they when they when they went stop don't change it <laughs> yeah that's Literally. cool and um and so you know it was when it sounded good through the tetra with them and then that's when we baked our kind of our final formula and that's the very first version that you got josh right there so sweet then we just go to yeah. you replicate that uh, like an upland you know what you need on a dove hunt is completely different than what you need in a flooded timber hunt and mm -hmm. uh what you need for you know for the upland hunter, we uh, we digitized Garmin e collars and cowbells because you need to be able to hear your dogs and locate them when they're in thick cover and you can't see them when they're working. Mm -hmm. We digitized um, pheasant flush, chucker flush, quail flush. Oh really? And so like those that, that mm -hmm. right that all has a very common spectral uh, sound spectrum. And is that the that's the STO you guys talk about yeah. on your website, the specialized target that's optimization. Hundred percent. You did your homework well. <laughs> so how, is how, that, do you, how do you? Select I like that? the flush sound. Like, how? Where are you getting those sounds at? So, so some of it was actually real like birds, a game like farm. Like, yeah, recording uh, I mean, them out you, there. You can you can certainly do that, but you wouldn't <laughs> believe like, the am, amount of sound spectrum. You know, from a marketing standpoint, you can go and get about any damn picture in the world that you ever mm -hmm. want, right? Uh, there's kind of the equivalent for for I guess sounds. it's kind of yeah. like remember when we were on the dock yeah. and you needed fish we're fishing shooting sounds fishing commercials and me and Pat <laughs> yeah. were left in the dock so I was just like <laughs> everybody else was out on the boat setting like, the hook like I'm running around that with the, line with this actually recorder and we're just he's catching a fish get it all on you know on on, on audio recording or you can hear like a whopper plopper style bait 
yeah, to the water. Through the water, yeah. So that's kind of the same that thing. That would be a cool sound, sound, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's interesting that you go with that. One of, um, so the brand, what we're, what we're talking about, the only thing Josh has ever seen is, is Tetra Hearing, right? And there's a meaning behind Tetra, but the, the official company is Soundtrack Outdoors. And the idea behind the naming of Soundtrack Outdoors is that is that we all carry, we all share, and, uh, our, there's a soundtrack for all parts of our lives, right? Like, as a as a waterfall hunter or turkey hunting community, like we all, you know, you end up with a bunch of turkey hunters. Uh, if you had five turkey hunters and five non-hunters, and all of a sudden a gobble goes off, and you know, thousand yards away the turkey hunters are going to hear it and respond to it because it's part of their soundtrack of their life, right? Like you have uh, our, our grandmother's voice, our mother's voice as a soundtrack of our life, our you know wedding song, favorite song, best song, you know, whatever. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we build these soundtracks that define our life. And um, so it's literally when you did the Whopper Plopper, like I know exactly <laughs> what that sounds like yeah, in my that. head, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going and, through the water, yeah, and yeah, like, that's a, it's part of our soundtrack, yeah. right? And um, and so we try to be super meaningful with stuff like that, and uh, and then we went with the the brand name Tetra, and and Tetra's Tetra comes from the the tetrapods, and it's the most well documented scientific evolution. It was the sea mammals to land mammal or sea animals, mostly reptiles, fish, and reptiles that evolved and became land creatures that became mammals, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is from an evolutionary, scientific evolutionary process, the tetrapods. And, you know, when they stopped needing lateral lines to feel vibrations and they had to hear sound waves on land, they needed an eardrum that would vibrate to a sound wave versus a lateral line that they would feel from a vibration in the water. And they had to be able to communicate. And so what we're looking to do is to evolve, as I've already kind of said before, we want to change, set a new standard that this is what, you know, responsible hunting looks like about protecting the ears in some way um and so it's this evolutionary process that we're you know trying to create and so it's a it's a it's a big lofty vision but that's it's with purpose uh that we want to evolve the the industry from particularly how new people are exposed to it yeah because the tetra hearing so does two things that we all want um it's enhancing sounds and then it's also doing um or listening um or you guys call it clear calm for like talking. Yep. Um, so, but also suppresses shots and stuff like that. So separating you all, is it that, is it the STO, is that kind of where, what separates Tetra from um, other people out there or what other, obviously there's tons of, we talked, you know, in-ear hearing aid style stuff to help you go hunting but it's that targeting the different sounds animals make 100 percent, patrick it's uh it's that it's that sto uh, specialized target optimization like we're we're going after specific targets and optimizing the hearing experience um i, I like to call it pursuit-based hearing right yeah and so like what you need uh again what you need to be able to blow a duck call is completely different hearing and protective needs than what you need as a turkey hunter sitting in the woods and even, even as a turkey hunter, 
sitting in the woods is different than a, a deer hunter. We we put in, um, God, I keep feeling like um, this is feels like the most like uh, academic podcast ever done. We keep going back into like kind of dorky science stuff, but it, it's a part of what makes it very different. Yeah. Um, what we what we know from a hundred years of hearing science is that how our brain localizes sound in the horizontal plane, right? Mm -hmm. So if my butt's on the ground, my back's against a tree in the springtime, and I'm looking to hear, you know, gobbles or approaching birds or clucks or yelps or kikis, right? We can go through and we can, we digitized all those sounds. And so we are amplifying the, the seven frequencies that make a gobble a gobble 22 times more than we're amplifying boots walking through leaves, right? We've mm -hmm. digitally recorded all of that, and the, the, the turkey hunting is all about sound, right? And it's all about this yeah. cool romance story that's kind of going on in the woods right. between the boys and the, the girls, spitting and, and drumming, yeah, and like and all that. How and many how many sounds can you add to, let's just say, the alpha shield or whatever? But like, if someone says, "Okay, I need one for turkey, deer, upland." You know, uh, so we have a multi-pursuit device. We can uh -huh. put up to six different. Uh, we have put up to six different programs. Okay. Um, or six different STOs. Pursuits in the pursuits. Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's and yeah. One. That's actually quite a bit. Yeah. I and, mean, um, so we have. We getting after it. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, if you still need another bullet after six choices of how you want to hear, like yeah. <laughs> something's you can something's buy another one, one and then <laughs> you get yeah. two two alpha shields. So I think a set with six and a set with six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mine's mine set up for waterfowl, waterfowl boost, upland turkey range that's it that's it okay that's so it. when you press the button changing the settings there's a voice prompt and it says waterfowl waterfowl boost so what, what's waterfowl boost Does it's that kind make of you it's a volume change ducks? so yeah. essentially um yeah you don't get to float another shell that's not what it is okay <laughs> so yeah. don't get any ideas waterfowl boost. you don't miss <laughs> there's three of them right there's waterfowl the, magnum Yep. And so on the Alpha Shield, there's not a volume control. Uh, and so we built the volume into um, into you know, Waterfall, Waterfall Boost, Waterfall Magnum. So it's kind of like volume three, volume six, volume nine. Yeah. On the custom products, uh, when we do a custom form fitting product, there's an independent volume wheel on each side. So mm -hmm. you can select the different uh, the different pursuit programs and then adjust uh, for, for each year. So. Yeah. So I took this test. And it said here you can read that, but what the zero to twenty or whatever. That's a that's a good place to be. Yeah, and I don't. And then I got I didn't I don't know where to find the graph, but I think after my graph looked like that. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but that's what it looked like. So you're it, this is like so what we're looking at on paper here is a graph with four circles, uh, which I'm pretty impressed, Chandler. That's that's a good memory there. I mean, that's, that's I remember like. seeing the graph and looking at it. And yeah. I had no idea what it meant. Yeah, I, and then. I was like trying to find it back on my email, but I just remember what the graph meant. But so oh, kind of, yeah, you kind of look at um, you know this is this is kind of goes back to your good question, Patrick, about like what goes on with the the human auditory system. Does it just kind of fall apart and degrade, or um, what? I what I really have never liked in the profession that we do. Like we'll say, oh, you know, Mr. Jones, you have um, you have you have hearing that's normal for a seventy year old. Right. Yeah. Well, that normal for a seven-year-old may be a forty or fifty decibel loss. Yeah. Right. 
But like, uh, here's the problem: is like when Mr. Jones goes home and tells Mrs. Jones, all he heard is like, well, "My hearing's normal for my age." Oh yeah, right. I don't need to do anything about it. Yeah. Like, um, and so I, I, it's it's been a part of like medical reports that have always driven me nuts. Like, really, it's, it's not. It should be you have a forty percent loss, which yeah. is typical of a seventy-year-old or someone your age. But or something it's not like great. That. But like, doesn't right. mean that it's normal. You're a long ways from normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of what you're looking for is zero to 25 is normal hearing yeah. on, on that graph. And, and what we try to do with that is to show um, those are different frequencies. And what's, what's super cool, you know, back in my whole hearing aid days, it was all everything. We hung all of our, all of our hats on speech understanding. And what's super cool is that you don't, you don't need to understand a yelp or a spitting and drumming or a gobble or a comeback call or a bugle or a bark or a mew like whatever whatever sounds are you just need to be able to hear it you mm-hmm. need to be able to localize it and yeah. it's it's so much cooler to to not have to worry about oh without hearing aids mr johnson you understand 47 percent of speech mm-hmm. and look with your six thousand dollar hearing aids you now understand 82 percent of speech isn't that great right and mr johnson's like well yeah but when I wear them out on the golf course, I can't hear my buddies, right? Or when I try to wear these, you know, I try to, I love to turkey hunt in the spring. Oh, you can't wear your hearing aids while you're hunting. Like, that's not a good idea. And so literally, that's what we were trying to do, is just take everything we've been doing for the last 20 years in the musical, in, in the musician industry, and in hearing aid advancement, and try to make a really cool device, you know, for the hunter that is designed for a specific pursuit of, of hunting. And yeah. So the three, is it three, um, like if, if someone was shopping for Tetra, is there three different options? Is that what I was finding? So the product line, custom, sh- the product line. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I was trying to figure out. Do you work out. in this industry yeah. or what? Custom retail, shield, retail? alpha shield. What's the amp pod? So the Ampod's uh, another, so I'm going to throw one A. So really what you're talking about there in, in my world is the form factor, right? It's part of the, it defines the product line, but, but the Custom Shield, the Alpha Shield, and the Ampod are three form factors. It's how it fits into the ear. Okay. okay? It's the design of the, the shell and the shape. Okay. And so the Custom Shield is obviously custom formed and custom made. We take a cast of your ear, and then we build a, a shell that is that, that fits your ear and only your ear. The Alpha Shield and the Amp Pod are two universal fits. Um, okay. And the, the Alpha Shield, anytime you see the word shield, it's, it's about that the number one thing of that product is about protecting the ear. And so I look at it, Custom Shield, Alpha Shield is about heavy trigger pulls or lots of noise. Uh, if you're wearing it for land maintenance stuff or anything that we would design for an industrial use setting. Um, the amp pod is really about the, it's it's a small little pod that, that amps up the experience and the amplified experience. And so in that note, um, it's more about single shot activities, right? So this is for our big game products and mostly it's mm-hmm. for our turkey hunters. And yeah. so um, it provides shot um, suppression, and but it doesn't fully seal the ear canal. Uh, and so uh, multiple, you couldn't, we don't, allow it to be sold for things that are heavy trigger pulls right or yeah, lots you wouldn't of be selling that to duck hunters here's um the answer to that is no i want to be, I be very clear about that, that that's no but here's the problem here's the here's the catch 22 on that and this is what frustrates me is that in the ear is 
probably 85% better than having nothing than in the ear. Nothing in the ear. Right? And so with, with, with the Shield products, we can say that you're 100% protected. No. And you're somewhere probably between 85 and 90 percent, uh, you know, f- 10 to 15 percent vulnerable uh, mm-hmm. of getting too much noise with the amp pod. Okay. Depends how it fits your ear. Right. The the problem is is that duck hunters would love it because you don't seal off your ear. And I'm not recommending it. I'm not promoting it. We're not going to sell it to duck hunters. But if it was to use that or nothing, a hundred times right. I'm putting that in yeah. someone's ear. If, mm-hmm. if you if you show up. If Josh was going to show up and say, "Man, I forgot my elf, I forgot my custom shields in the truck, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything to wear, and I had a set of amp pods," I'm putting the amp pods in his ear, right, hands down, right, yeah, because it's going to be better than anything. We got to protect them lobes. So on those, <laughs> on those, those amp pods are turkey and and elk and what all that like single shot stuff. Uh, maybe a, a listener might think like, when you're hearing this gobble or hearing this bugle, do you know directionally where that is? Like, does it? You know exactly what hillside, what ridge. Uh, well, a hundred percent. That's the whole purpose of it is yeah. to bring back those auditory cues, and we do that by correcting for hearing loss, mm-hmm. right? Um, most, uh, especially most guys that have had you know a fair amount of birthday cake, at least you know fifty times or so, mm-hmm. right? Um, their own birthday cake. Uh, you end up with most of most males have asymmetrical hearing loss that w- their hearing loss is larger or more significant in one ear versus the other a lot of that comes from shooting guns right you always get the the dangerous side of the gun is the muzzle the, the muzzle blast right and so a, a right-handed shooter unprotected will always have more hearing loss in their left ear um, in general, males tend to have more hearing loss opposite of their dominant hand hmm. because you think about how you hold a, a weed eater, how you hold a chainsaw, how you push a board through a table saw. Like You, you tend to position yourself, your, your control is your dominant hand that's protecting your body, like mm-hmm. controlling the, the, the throttle of the chainsaw or the throttle of the, the weed eater, and it usually puts that... And when you stand, you just kind of cock your head a little bit and so that your left ear almost always gets more exposure yeah. if I'm right-handed. So using power tools, you need to switch between right and left hand. You need to be ambidextrous. <laughs> you need to switch yeah, around that. Remember that. that out. Remember that. Or you could wear some hearing protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Either way. Yeah, that's true. I, but, do have, I do have one question for you, Bill. As a hearing doctor, not as a Tetra person, um, I see a lot of guys running around with AirPods in their ears. Has there been any studies on how that's affecting people's hearing? A, a ton. Like there's like um, constant music? Yeah, just people constantly have AirPods in their ears. Like and I see it more than when they were corded. You know, if they had cords, people would take them in and out all the time. But now people are just running around like AirPods all the day. time. Full even, day. Even just plugged in. But yes, it's, it's, it's even gone, you know, the next level because it is wireless now. And so for the last, I think it's up to 15 years now. I know it's over 12. Um where that study comes from, Josh, is is the incoming Air Force and Navy cadets are all tested. And so that's how they're judging the hearing. So the fastest growing group of hearing loss by population in the U.S. is the teenage years. And so Hmm. it's at north of 12, less than 20, right? And it's it's because, I mean, you think about the last 15 years, like those kids are constantly plugged in. 
and like rarely and, and even it's not just teenagers right i mean we we all are sure and um but and there's not there's, just music it's video games too like mm-hmm. what anything that we're the all ears never get a never get a rest right no. like I, I just said my son brendan's turning 20 like the amount of things that were in his ears in his teenage years compared to mine I mean, you guys don't remember. I remember when that freaking Sony Discman the came out, the Walkman, Walkman, right? Walkman. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, right? And like, you could put your cassette tapes in that. Oh, it was yeah. like the coolest freaking thing in the world. Or like and when like, the first iPod came out. I remember those yeah. just those headphones back in the day. They're, oh man, the ones but, with the the foam on. Yeah, the, the foam. Yeah. yeah, and they never fit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you'd lose lose one of the foam things. You'd have the hard plastic on your ear. Yeah. Yep. yep. But, you know, as much as Dr. Dre doesn't want to hear, I mean, you're less likely to be carrying around Beats headphones mm-hmm. as compared to those little Apple iPods or Bose or fill in sure. the blank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's hard to find someone that's not plugged in um, constantly. There's a lot of belief and hope that, you know, looking forward 20, 30 years down the road in, in the hearing aid industry that having an ear level device won't be a big deal anymore because you now have a couple generations that have had have grown up with seeing that people just wear things in their ear right Mm -hmm. like today's generation of you know 55 to 85 year olds didn't grow up with you know someone wearing things in their ear all the time and so this idea of and that's why there's just this natural aversion uh toward you know towards you know, God forbid we can put on different, we have four different sets of glasses that you wear with different outfits be, or because, you know, you want like the smart mm-hmm. librarian look versus, you know, the sultry, sexy look of some other types of glasses, right? No. Any, any young person is comfortable wearing glasses. But if you tell a 68-year-old that, you know, all right, Mrs. Smith, it's time that we really, you need to start wearing a hearing aid. Well, I'm not old enough for a hearing aid. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Aesthetically, they just yeah. don't want to. Yeah. And, and the equivalent of that on the hearing protection side is that somehow, like in those generations, you know, before us, it was like somehow a dent to your ego, mm-hmm. right? That you were less of a man if you wore earplugs or ear protection. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard that across my career a, a million times. You're considered a sissy if you did mm-hmm. put earplugs in your ear, right? Yeah. How the hell does that come? <laughs> like, where does that come from? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, like, just doesn't make doesn't make sense. But you ask anybody after a duck hunt, and they're like, yeah, I got my ears wrong. No. Yeah. Like it's a badge of honor, like from a Woodstock concert or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. It's like, right. oh, this one night at Metallica and Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. For like today's generation of, yeah. you know, they're like, I remember when, you know, in 82 when it happened. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was an astounding stat you guys put up. And who knows? It might be more than that, but it was 86% of hunters don't wear hearing protection. That's wild. And that I didn't was, think it was. That was the low side. That was like the conservative. It was, it was in the 80s. <laughs> right. There were some studies that showed that there were, um, well, there's a there's a, a few different studies over uh, over a 12-year period. They were, they were doing it every four years. Um, and all four years in a row, it came to where over 90% of adults were choosing to not wear any hearing protection in situations that they absolutely knew was not good for their ears. Yeah. Right? 
it, a lot of it was around and I think concerts it's like and music. The, at least in the hunting side, and even me too, because I'm there, you know, not wearing the hearing yeah. protection. It's, it's not even a thought when you're gathering your stuff to pack for that day, right? You know you need your, your bow or gun or else you're not going to get anything. And then what camo you're wearing, and then snacks. <laughs> yeah, a little Debbie's. A little Debbie's. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it, then that probably crosses a lot of people's mind. It's just not. Not on that checklist. It's not on the checklist. No, it's not on the checklist I mean, at know, all. It's, it's hard. It's not on my waterfowl checklist, but it's especially, on my dove checklist. Especially if you haven't suffered hearing mm-hmm. loss and you're still have good hearing, then you don't, you know. Well, I think part of it it's is... It's like going on a diet. It, it, I, I'm not going on a diet until... Well, well, now I'm, yeah. I might need to go <laughs> yeah. on a diet. Yeah, you know what I mean? I saw you talking And that's when you think about eating healthy yeah. after you've yeah. gotten to the point. Well, hearing protection in the past has just kind of taken away from the immersion of a hunt. And now there's options available that yeah. don't take away from that immersion. And, and you don't need the over-the-ear. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's yeah. just like second it's thought. It's not in the way. No. You put it in. Packing this, you know. Done. And so, um, I mean, you guys are you're you're spot on. That's a hundred percent. You know, that's why this is my third city this week, and I absolutely want to get here and take advantage of this yeah. opportunity because it's it's these types of relationships of uh, you know of of having these discussions right now, and then and then you know three young guys on both sides of me here that are that are hopefully carry a lot of that with them and start mm-hmm. to, to yeah. start to look at it and um, right. you know whether or not that's why you will you will never ever see anyone affiliated with tetra that that downplays any type of hearing protection right mm-hmm. foam plugs earmuffs any competitor we do nothing but high fives and knuckles with that like keep it yeah. up right sure. just do something uh, if, if you're mm-hmm. looking for a different experience, if you're looking for something, you're looking for the next step. Like we've, we'd love to have that conversation with you. But like, yeah, we it is always we promote protecting the ear at all times when you can in any way, and um, and we will always do that. We we don't throw any shade on any type of hearing protection because it's sure. not not used. Um, in when you're again what, what we're struggling uh, every day and I and I, I intentionally use the word struggling because it's not easy uh, you know I, I fully understand the the biggest reason that it doesn't it's not on that essential gear list Patrick mm-hmm. is uh, for at least for Tetra right now uh, that I can that I can get behind is cost Right, and it is I mean, right now. Our, our prices, our our prices start at seven hundred and forty nine dollars. And um, yes, we run specials and we run promos, and there's going to be a Black Friday sale and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's expensive, but it's not disproportional to the other investments that go on, particularly for a waterfall hunter. And um, and I say that you said earlier that we're struggling. Our biggest struggle is like, how do we produce a great listing experience? That is consistent with the brand, uh, you know, that we've built in the last four or five years, at a lower cost. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. I mean, no. the, the the reason it ain't cheap is because it ain't cheap to start with. And yeah. um, 
but we're trying. That's our, our our number one goal is uh, to get a youth model out and to get like an early career hunter uh, out. Um, uh, it's it's a whole lot easier. Uh, earlier this year, we released a Bluetooth system that's um, really kind of insane. Uh, it's an absolute unbelievable premium sound system. It's half-in-the-ear musician monitor. It's got a triple driver system, uncomple- uncompressed, full-streaming Bluetooth. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It is so much easier to make sound sound great than it is to to make a, a low cost device sound good. Yeah. Right? And um and just because it's hard isn't a good excuse. I used to say that to my kids all the time. Like you don't you don't not do something just because it's hard. Yeah. Right. And we'll yeah. we'll figure it out. But honestly that's where we spend most of our R and D meetings on. You wear these you won't you don't have to use that hearing uh insurance. As much, it'll cost a lot more than seven hundred and fifty dollars. You can yeah. spend a thousand dollars now or seven thousand dollars later. Right? Yeah, but um, yeah, and they're not; those are not disposable. I mean, you're gonna have these for a yeah. long, long time. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and they're backed with a lifetime warranty, aren't they, Bill? Uh, well, lifetime's a big word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're one hundred percent they're one hundred percent repairable. So it's unconditional. Um, for the you know first 365 for the first year like we replace it repair it they're all everything is a fully repairable device uh we will have a a 10-year warranty to be able to repair any current device when we release the bluetooth this february uh, at the nwtf show um when we release that uh I, i made what was a very scary, but kind of it's it's turned out to be very a, a big decision that we created a a, a buyback program, and so we kind of have like a trade in trade up, um, where we will give you uh, a credit for your functioning, well kept device up to three years, mm-hmm. and give you a credit um, if you're gonna you know either go from a sixty to a ninety or an alpha shield to a custom shield or a single pursuit to a multi pursuit. Um, we try to we, we we try and I think uh, I think we do a good job. I know all of I'm I'm blessed to have some absolute awesome customer service guys and gals with me right now, um, and they do an unbelievable job. Every customer is like family, like truly they treat yeah. Like, um, and and matter of fact, I'm probably the worst at like downplaying or downselling. You know, someone will come in and they'll say like, "Well, I need that multi pursuit." All right, well, what do you? Man, I just uh, I, I hunt. I do some dove hunting. I'm mostly a waterfall hunter. I shoot some sporting clays, and you know I'll, I'll go on a trip, you know, every couple of years out to South Dakota for pheasants. And you don't hunt deer? No. You don't hunt turkeys? No. Like, okay. Like, well, we can put you in our wing shooter. That's four special. That's four programs instead of six programs, and it saves you three hundred and fifty dollars. Well, I know, but that that having six programs would be pretty cool. <laughs> you don't use them; it's not. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm always kind of like we we do a very good job of trying to figure out exactly what you need. Where do you have the most success? And then uh, we try very hard that 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 the sale you make today isn't carved in stone by any means. If yeah. um, if you got a single pursuit and you hit a Montana elk tag next year. Uh, you know, send it in, and, and uh, for a small upgrade, we can we can build our elk program for your hearing loss, right? And um, try to treat it like we like we want to be treated, right? Yeah. So, and you do the thirty day, almost like a trial. It really deal is where um, you can get them, and if man, for some reason you're like, this no, it's not my thing. 
spot on. Uh, and like, I, I, we need to come up with a better name. I, you know, we try to do like test drive, I think is probably the closest to what we've come, but it is yeah. trial period. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, right. And it's, it's your confidence of you go hunt with it, you use it. Um, and truly, I, I, I tell every single customer, if, if you don't say this is the best thing I've done for myself in a long time, then let's talk about it. We either need to fix it and make it better. Or at the end of the day, you get 100% of your money back. Doesn't matter if it's a custom product, doesn't matter how much custom programming we did to it, how much time we got invested into it. Um, if, 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 if you don't love it, we want to fix it or you get your money back. So. Yeah. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yep. Well, I can't I, wait. Um, you know, it's uh, th- number one, thank you for saying that. And thank you guys have asked some freaking awesome questions. And to be able to have, uh, to be able to have Josh, you know, sitting sitting right here at the table with you know, was he was one of the first that it was in in his ears, and he's done unbelievable work. He's in front of uh, in f- in front of the right customers when we look w- about making meaningful change. And then the big big picture, that's the whole reason um, why we're here and why we're looking to partner with Rogers to begin with is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, you know, type of mentality and the same. It's you know, family-owned. Uh, this is this is a very some of the innovation that I just saw back on yeah. <laughs> in this is unreal from a from a, a pick and fulfillment delivery standpoint. Um, I've uh, I've wrote a lot of checks and ran through a Visa card here for a whole lot of years. And yeah. <laughs> now I see why all of a sudden it ends up on my doorstep two or three days later. I appreciate and, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah We've cool. always wanted we'll to have the fastest shipping we can possibly yeah. get. Yeah. But the you know hearing the story how everything starts with uh, you know with Jim Rogers and and Steve and Stevie and the in Shannon and. I, this has been a very cool day. Um, I'm going to tell you one of the highlights will be uh, when I got to meet Madison, which I think is uh, Stevie's niece hmm. and Shane's uh, daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she's she's working on you know trying to build a cool Richardson Tetra hat, right? Yeah, and um, that you guys will be selling and. Um, and when we, when we left, and she was so proud to show it to me. She's working her butt off in college still, and she's got some big plans. But it, when we were walking out. And like I just overheard her say when I before I walked out of the room, she said, "Papa, look at this." Right? Because <laughs> Steve is Steve Rogers standing there, yeah. And just like I mean that that was a cool yeah. that was a cool moment that I mean here his granddaughter is sitting at the desk in the office uh, contributing to the company, yeah. And um, and that's exactly the type of brand and type of people that we want to surround ourselves with at Tetra. And, and the idea is we can't get in front of all the consumers. Uh, everyone here, the Rogers brand, has won the respect uh, of of the outdoor community and the outdoor consumer. And um, to be able to have this platform, be able to get this kind of messaging out, uh, and the kind of the work that we're going to do together with Patrick and Chandler. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pumped. Seriously. Yeah. Me and Pat yeah. are gonna invest in our ears here but right, yeah. so we've kind of talked about the yeah we're going to tease when, we, when we're going to have that you know that that page up and running when's uh when do you think any, any guess I, I um i i think it's gonna be r- real quick uh yeah. my eight o'clock call today was that everything's on target and ready to go cool. um i i don't I'm not going to jinx it by putting a, a day or a date yeah, on it, but it's, it, uh, it's going to be very soon. So, cool. Um, I'm well, yeah. I'm excited. 
everybody listening, look out yeah. for that. Yeah. We'll, we'll do yeah. some keep an eye out social media stuff sure. about that. Let everybody know. Yeah, we'll keep you updated and make sure everybody's on board. So, no, it's uh, it's not the it's not the super sexy. It's not a new gun. It's not a faster boat motor. Right? It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a two foot bigger boat or you know a five thousand dollar pup or you know whatever all the stuff we yeah. put. But um, man, in, in the big scheme of life. Uh, it it will pay back in spades. Uh, the longer you can keep what the good Lord gave us working well, um, I, I've spent my last thirty years kind of trying to restore the delight of hearing uh, and and reintroduce sound back to to dormant brains. We talked about, and even this, like it was. I mean, it's there's a certain amount of dorkiness with this, right? It's not mm-hmm. the, sure. It's, it's not the new shell, but yeah. um, man, it, it, that we're talking about it and that you guys are spending time uh, and, and allowing us to have the platform is where the important change starts. And so I'm, it may not I really be look sexy, but. It is a gift that keeps on giving because in 20 years from now, you're still going to be able to hear that gobble on opening day of turkey season. So, And mm-hmm. wouldn't that stink not to be able to go, like you go out turkey hunting and you can't hear the turkey gobble? That's the whole experience. Yeah. That's, the, that's why you go turkey hunting. I mean, well, here's the bad part. So, and, and actually, you know, to, not to give, it, what, so what you do is you quit going. Right, you quit living the yeah, life that like, you want to live, and when you quit well, I going here anymore, now you're not now you're not hanging out with your friends and your hunting buddies, and now you're not telling the stories, you know, at the, you know, at the Applebee's on steak night, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's not, and if you don't have hearing loss, and that's where a lot of when we tie it, it's not that 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 this damage to our filter system in our ear automatically causes dementia, right? Mm-hmm. It's the whole it's the whole package that comes with that. Yeah. If you if you're struggling to hear, you become less social. And if you become less social and less engaged and less connected, and if it's too hard, you stop going to the grandkids' games and their events. And now you're sitting in the corner at Thanksgiving dinner, and no one's talking mm-hmm. to Grandpa because. And then you get less stimulation, and and that's what builds. And then you become depressed, and and it just becomes this big thing of like. That's how you end up with the high correlate of the majority of people with dementia and Alzheimer's are also connected with hearing loss. And so it's like yeah. it's it's not a one to one relationship by any means. And we will never present that. But it is a package that comes together. And yep. if you're jacking up your ears as a 25 year old duck hunter and you also love to turkey hunt, chances are you're not going to be having very good turkey days 40 years down the road. Yeah. Or, or no doubt. So no doubt that's cool. Right. That's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, that's Josh, right. Josh, or Patrick. Who's wrap? Who's who's ending it? Patrick's got it. Well, okay. <laughs> He's getting better at it. He needs practice. Yeah. Oh wow! There sounds like a story uh, behind that. Well, I know. Usually I just well. Josh if you guys enjoyed this podcast, be sure to leave you, us a rating. Yeah, leave a rating. Make sure you hit that uh, like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the good stuff. So you can keep up to date on all of our new videos, product reviews, uh, podcasts, all that stuff. So make sure you check it out. Like and comment. Spread the word. Tetra is in the building. Let everybody know um, that uh, it'll be coming soon to Rogers Sporting Goods. So with that. Have a uh, good week, and we will see you all next time.
Peace out.